this episode where joe and i are both wearing broads on our shirt and joe pretends like he wasn't drinking all day but besides that welcome to dwn productions thc podcast sponsored by fast custom shirts here at boygov.com this is my uh excuse me first one just cracked it open before we did this it was a it is October, Joe. It is. And so this... October beer are you drinking tonight, Tom? I am drinking Quick for Brains. This is a pretty good, pretty common one. Hmm. But yeah, uh, it happened. It got two days before October, and then I got hit with orders. So I'm in it. Thanks for that. I appreciate that shit greatly but yeah this month is gonna be uh gonna be balls to the wall except the last few days i always take those off and well you've got like a uh a thing you celebrate at the end of the month also so you got that to consider as well tom i do don't forget buddy i won't because we got a place rented that we're going to so Yeah, and that's always worked well for you. <laughs> it has, so we're doing it again. All right. <laughs> Can't wait to see what happens this time. Maybe I'll live to tell about it. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also have quite a busy month, so I'm very thankful for that. Aside from all the orders that have come in, a lot of shit going on on the weekend. So glad to be busy. Thanks buddy for keeping me busy but yet here you are able to take the day off and drink all day you know yeah well because i fucked up and like ordered some shit wrong and it's not coming in till tomorrow hopefully hopefully uh 
Oh, yeah, be all hung over in that shop hot and shit. Oh, Fuck no. Yeah. I won't be hung over at all. <laughs> Wink. Oh, if only I had a little CGI twinkle overlay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but fuck that. nobody watches this, cares about your personal life or my personal life. They want to hear you talk about how much you hate movies. So, take it away, Tom. Yeah, I didn't watch much this week, and uh, neither neither did I hate. But uh, before we get into movies, Joe, I got a question for you. Sure. You like comic books? Yeah, I do. What kind? I don't know. Maybe anthology comic books. Nice. What's your favorite? Creepy? <sighs> sure. Creepy. Oh, man. What if they made a show off of those creepy comics? Not the uh, old ones, but the new ones that I guess someone just bought the rights to and releases an issue every couple years. Well, we'll get to that. Will we? Will. Damn. Well, not today, fuckface, because I didn't watch any Tales from the Crypt this week. I've been busy. So what'd you watch? You watched some television, huh? Do you like shows? Fuck no. Do you like creep shows? (laughs) So season three, episode one of Creep Show, Tom. Uh, you know how they do this anthology. They give you two stories for each episode. And this is the first one called Mums, which is kind of perfect, you know, because it's home season. You know, even though uh, this came out quite a while back and I didn't watch it at the time. But Mums was written by Joe Hill. And this episode is directed or this segment of the episode is directed by Rusty Cundiff. I think that's how you say his name, but uh, he's for uh, for certain movies that I've liked, you know, but uh, this episode is about a kid living in the backwoods, you know, with his mom and his somewhat racist and abusive father. You know, he's one of these prepper type guys, you know, not pepper. I didn't say pepper, prepper. So, you know, the dad's like bitching at everybody. The kid's working in the garden. That's his mom's pride and joy. And the dad takes off to work. And the mom says, hey, we're going to go visit your grandmother. You know, she's 100 years old. Let's go. And it's kind of like she's running off, you know, and taking the boy. And it's like, we're going to get away from your abusive crazy dad. And so they're about to go out the door. And who's there waiting at the door? The dad his redneck buddy and uh his i don't know some redneck girl too that uh it's kind of but what they do is they take the mom off and they kill her and they bury her in the garden tom a little boy doesn't know what to do he's like feeling real bad about it and then he goes and like works on the garden and it's garden is kind of alive there's something going on with it and yep the vines start growing and the kid like realizes, hey, I got to lead dad over to the garden so the vines can kill him. And that's what they do. They kill him. They kill the other chick because who she was just a big slut and killed a buddy, too. And then he drives off. The kid does to go and visit his grandma. The end. 
The second story, Tom, is uh, directed by your buddy, Nico Dutero or whatever. Greg Nicotero. Old Nicky, they call him. And this episode is called Queen Bee. And it's about... Bitch, are you for real? Yep. Queen Bee. And they're listening to uh, some pop star that they like a lot. And it turns out that pop star is pregnant. And she's uh, she's going to have her kid at the hospital that one of these youngsters, their mom works at. So they steal the mom's passcode thing, the key card, so they can go in and see the the pop star, but turns out the pop star is an alien and she does like this big, like weird transformation and, and the effects they're okay. They're pretty good. Now what they do, Tom is she transforms and she's standing up against the wall. You know why they do that? So they don't have to make it move or anything. It's just against the wall so they can be behind the wall and controlling like the little arms and the flailing limbs and shit like that. That's how they do special effects and shit like that. And uh, I thought the special effects, for the most part, were pretty good. But the story is really fucking lame. Because, like, the other aliens that are taking care of this aliens, what do they have? They had just some glowing eyes. Some fluorescent eyes that are... I don't know if they were wearing some kind of light device or they did it CGI afterwards. Either way, it looked shitty as hell. Uh, Could have done without that. But those both stories were pretty decent, Tom. So yeah, Creep Show season three, episode one, off to a fairly good start. The Rusty Cundiff episode was a lot better than old Greg Nicotero, who is uh one of the driving forces of this show. Hmm. Anyway, Tom, what did you watch? Well, Joe, I just read Biscuit. Oh, that's a cute little doggo. Yeah, it's a dog. It's a book about a dog who uh, just wants one more hug before mm. everybody goes to sleep. Yeah, and before they put him to sleep, I'm sure. Yep. They say the dogs—that's their last wish—is they just want you in the room with them. Whew. Yeah. Rest in empowerment. Every dog that I've had. Mm. Hey Joe, you like Robert England? No. Fuck me neither. But for some reason, I watch Nine Seven Six Evil. Sorry. Fuck, you didn't like it? Nope. Damn, it's all right. Mm. It's better than all right. I think it was uh pretty good. It's so good that I forgot most of it. I know I got <laughs> six movies that everybody was after from Walmart for a while because it had. I don't know, Sundown Town or some bullshit vampire movie, and it had a Blood Diner, I guess. Also had 976 Evil, which was just like, eh. You're talking about that uh, six movie set? Yeah, there was two of them. Damn. I had that shit, and I still never even watched 976 Evil till now. <laughs> The other one had 976 Evil 2. Hey, we'll get to that. But not today. So, uh, 976 Evil. It's, uh, this, uh, I guess came out in the craze of all those 976 numbers that I've never heard of. I've heard of 
900 numbers and 800 numbers, but I've never heard of 976 numbers. So, uh, you know, the one of the local toughs, he's a badass guy who's not Matt Dillon from the Blob remake. He, uh, he's in high school, but he rides a motorcycle. And Kevin has Dillon. a dope-ass... Oh, one of the Dillons. Uh, and he has a fucking badass motorcycle jacket that he wears around. And a little shitty ponytail. It looks like there's maybe an inch or two of actual hair wrapped up in a rubber band. And he is tough and shitty. hangs out in the school bathroom and smokes in there and shit. And uh, he gambles with the local bullies who own or run the local movie theater i say that because it's a group of like five guys who also hang out in the men's bathroom at school smoking cigarettes and stuff that's right but uh they also get together at the local movie theater in the projection room and they smoke cigarettes and drink beer and uh pretty sure have underage girls up there so i'm not sure what the hell's going on the situation that they're able to let all this shit happen but it does and uh this uh probably not matt dylan his mother recently passed away and left him some money he can't get until he's 21 or some shit so uh he lives with his aunt and his cousin and his aunt's like a real evangelical super religious lady and uh her son was you know he's fucking raised by her so he's a little dorky fuck long story short they come in contact with a fucking 976 number that possesses you by the devil so the fucking dork ass kid gets possessed by the devil, then he goes around killing the bullies, and then fucking hell freezes over. The world fucking opens up into a fiery inferno, and there was a lot better shit in this movie than I was expecting. I've never seen it before because uh, the cover made it look like a vampire movie, and as we all know, I'm not a big fan of the old vampire movies. So uh, what possessed me to watch it now? I don't fucking know, but uh, it was it was pretty good. It wasn't fucking great, but I was pleasantly surprised by how much that I uh, I did like it. Robert England definitely has a specific visual style he's going for, but uh, maybe I like V. Or no, this might be a little better than V. Probably a little better than uh, the 2000 Maniacs remake too. Maybe that might be something I got to go back and rewatch, and probably be embarrassed that it's in the old DVD collection. But uh, yeah, this one was this one was pretty good. There's some fun creature stuff. There's some fun gore effects. Ah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. It's a good, it's a good fun movie about good versus evil. It starts out to where you think it's going to be like, all right, our motherfuckers just going to get killed in wacky ways with telephones and shit. 
but it progresses beyond that, which is good. So if you've never seen 976 Evil and you like uh, horror comedies pretty much in the vein of, I don't fucking know, all the shit in the 80s that people eat up, check it out. It's uh, It's worth a watch for sure. Yeah, like Tom said. Tom, I bought, watched uh, season two of Dark Winds. This one, again, follows the uh, adventures of Sheriff Joe Leaphorn, who is sheriff on the reservation, you know, Indian stuff, you know, so there's murders and stuff, and nobody cares if people are murdering Indians because, you know, America doesn't even consider them people, Tom. So they got to police themselves and solve their own murders when fight white folk come into town and start killing them and stuff. And that's what this is about. It's uh, it's really good. It's really well acted. Um, you know, the thing is, like, when they show, like, like uh, period pieces and, like, Something will be set in the 50s or 60s and 70s. Like, all the cars are fucking brand new. Like, there's nobody that has, like, if it's set in the 60s, there's nobody that has a car from the 40s and it's all fucked up, you know? That's just the way it is. There's people with, with fucking older cars, you know? That's just life. This one shows that, and I think it's pretty cool. You know, they've got some, you know, cool-looking high Sierra trucks. You remember those? Yeah, sure you do. But there's also some old older fucking things, like a Ford... Uh, fiesta and it's all looking shitty and stuff because whoever had it hey you're living there in the arizona desert hey that shit's gonna just like rust out your car somehow or you know just make it look shitty you know it's got dust all over it i think you know god damn looks like a horrible place to live you know i mean not just the reservation which is you know the worst of the worst land they could give a people but like the rest of the state just looks god awful arizona new mexico Fuck all that, you know? Oh, there's mountains. Yeah, they're desert mountains, man. Fuck all that. You know, I want to see some vegetation and all that, not just some dirt and rocks flying around. Uh, but the show is really well acted, <laughs> well written. And uh, if you don't want to live in New Mexico, I would suggest giving this a watch because it's really good. Dark Wind Season 2. I hope they keep on doing at least two more seasons and then it's good and then just stop because it seems to be when everything gets past like a season four it goes to shit i don't want that to happen but everybody went on strike recently so who knows where any of these shows are gonna pick up or you know go from here maybe some of them it's like yeah fuck it you know we're not doing this shit anymore fuck y'all i i don't know where it's gonna go i think that things are topsy-turvy um, I'd like to say I'm glad they resolved their strikes and everything, but at the end of the day, I don't really care. I would uh, have to agree. Joe, I watched an independent Canadian movie uh. called Private Blue. It is about a private detective who used to be part of the Edmonton Police Force who is then hired by the Edmonton Police Force 
to uh, get to the bottom of who's manufacturing this hot new drug that's on the street because a prostitute just came up murdered with her insides melted out from the inside. So there's this vial of uh, green liquid that's going around. Doesn't really say like how the drug fucks you up or anything. Is it a reagent? It's not because it doesn't glow and it's a little darker. Okay. But uh, it cures STDs, all <laughs> of them. By killing it. <laughs> and it can melt your insides. Maybe if you take too much, but I don't remember them really saying. So... It turns out that this drug is pretty much crocodile cum. So <laughs> after hearing that, you pretty much know what kind of movie you're getting into. It's a very low-budget, very Canadian comedy. It reminded me a lot of Race War. So it's just like a no-budget movie. Buddy's just getting together, trying to make something to laugh. and It succeeds. There's a, there's some slow spots in there, but again, it reminded me a lot of race war and, uh, it's, it's funny again for the reason like, Hey, let's laugh at foreigners and the way they speak and shit, because contrary to popular belief, belief, Canadians are fucking foreigners, my friend. And they speak a certain way that, uh, if you listen They'll rat themselves out on being a foreigner. So like, oh, their slang and shit's funny to listen to and laugh at and shit. And it's just pretty funny, but I can't recommend it to anybody because it is such a low budget movie. And a lot of the dialogues just saying silly bullshit for the sake of saying silly bullshit. So that's not for everybody, but I mean, if you like goofy movies that were just made to fucking giggle at, drink some beers at, and shit like that, some people, like these days, they call the movies bad on purpose. It's not really that. It's, you know, they're making a comedy in some of the style. That's part of the style of the movie. It's not, some people do set out to make a fucking terrible ass movie cheese balls good example but a lot of these movies that people say oh it's oh they just tried to make this bad movie and it's not good it's only funny when somebody's trying to make a good movie and it turns out bad it's just no it's just a different genre and this is you know it's a comedy because when it comes down to it the fan base for that kind of movie kind of blends in with horror, so the shit gets fucking mixed up and shit. But, uh, yeah, I liked it. It wasn't great. It was good. I was fucking very entertained through most of it. And uh, if you just like goofy bullshit, check it out for sure, because uh, there's definitely stuff to laugh at in it. Commendable, I would say. Commendable, Joe. <laughs> And that is all that I watched. Hmm. Well, Tom, I also watched the Italian movie from uh, Bruno Mattei called Born to Fight. 
Uh, this is an actioner. And uh, Bruno Mattei, he's known for uh, ripping off popular... Sucking dick. And making... Well, I don't know about that, but he... Uh, <laughs> most of the time. And this one, I guess, is his ripoff of Rambo 2. But it's Rambo 2 starring bootleg Crocodile Dundee. Or Bayou Billy. You ever play Bayou Billy, Tom? It was a video game. A guy dressed in, well, kind of like Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> the reason it reminded me of Bayou Billy is because of uh, the scenes with this guy. It's like when he's fighting somebody, it's real quick. And, and you know those, uh, well, it's like he'll hit somebody and say, hey, enjoy your nap. <laughs> Who is he, the fans? <laughs> uh, like the shit that the Duke Nukem would say. You know, it's just like random, you know, just one-liners pop up. And it's uh, it's stupid shit like that. But anyway, so this guy, and I already forgot his name. He's just got a regular name, like Sam something is his name. That this uh, They find him in the Philippines where this whole thing was. But uh, this news agency, this news crew goes and finds him. And what they want him to do is... Uh, he had escaped from a POW camp in Vietnam. And so they want him to go back and take a tour of this place and explain like what happened. Like he don't want to do it, but they offer him a good amount of money. So he goes and uh, then it says, hey, Vietnam. But no, we're still in the Philippines because the whole thing is filmed in the Philippines. And uh, every Vietnam person is played by a Filipino. But all the speaking roles are either played by an American or some kind of Brit or something. But anyway, they get there, and it turns out, Tom, this POW camp never shut down. They still got Americans there, including a general that just happens to be the father of the news reporter that hired this guy. And that's why she wants him there. She wants him to bust the father out. And as soon as he hears that father's name, wait a minute, we got a flashback scene. And after he busted out of, of that prison camp, he's like, hey, my buddies are there. We got to go get them. And this was the general who said, no, we're not doing that. So he's conflicted. You know, should I save that guy? You know, he's the one that let my buddies die in Vietnam. Turns out he doesn't have a choice because the Vietnamese forces are after him, Tom. And he's got to fucking fight them. He's got to put all his skills to use, you know, just like shooting people with machine guns and they're Filipinos. So when Filipinos die, when you shoot a Filipino, they do like three flips in the air and just fucking land. Uh, very, very dramatic deaths of all these Filipino Vietnamese soldiers. And uh, it's funny. They uh, they did spend a little bit more money than I'm accustomed to seeing in this because there's a shitload of explosions. They're just blowing things up left and right. And I enjoyed it more than, than I enjoy this stuff. You know, the Bruno Mattei, the dude kind of sucks, man. I'm kind of more than fucking sucks, Joe. So, but this one, I guess it's the main character. He's He's dumb as shit. You know, he's always got like a little stogie in his mouth. And his uh, catchphrase is, it can be done. 
It's just like that. You know, it's like, oh, taking on a battalion, it can be done. He says that about, I don't know, 30 times in the movie. So there's a bit of a charm to this flick. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I enjoy <laughs> it. special features on this Severin D, uh, Blu-ray. But, uh, but yeah, I liked it a lot more than some of the other stuff that I've seen uh, from Bruno Mattei. I would recommend it. It's 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 stupid bullshit, but it's fun. Born to fight. You're born to watch movies. <laughs> so, I then uh, yesterday went to the old Texas theater. I was invited to set up because they were having trash mechs for Hispanic heritage month. I didn't know what trash mechs was. It's some guys out of California that take, uh, exploitation films, but I don't know. They're just, uh, films from Mexico that are like cartel movies, you know, cowboy guys that are like running drugs and shit from the seventies or, you know, Mexican horror movies. And a lot of these haven't been subtitled, so they subtitle them and they show them in theaters there. They came to the Texas Theater and they showed 30 Segundas para Morir, which is 30 seconds to die, Tom. Uh, this one is about three buddies and they are uh, very, very successful smugglers. They take uh, guns or drugs across the border from Mexico into Brownsville, Texas. And uh, the name of their gang is Los Gran Amigos. And that means the Great Friends. So they are the Great Friends Gang. And they're older dudes. They look like they're edging into their 50s. You know, they got that typical Mexican look with the mustache and the, the stupid suits and the cowboy hats and shit. You know, like a... I guess blue suits were popular in the early 80s. I don't know. Uh, I didn't go to Mexico or anything. You know, that's well, I went a few times, but, you know, didn't run into any, any cartel type. So I don't know what they were dressed like. And uh, this is just their adventures, you know, making money and taking care of their moms. That's what they like to do with their money. You know, they, hey, I'm buying a nice house for my mom. She's going to have a maid. And she's going to have a butler, you know, because you can't have just one. You got to have both to be successful in Mexico. And they're also living it up with the ladies, you know, and they're watching local bands because they're club owners or whatever. But goddamn, wouldn't you know it? There's a rival gang, Tom, in town that wants to take over their territory. Really don't like these guys. And they're led by a guy named El Chino. And that means the Chinaman. The guy's not really Chinese. He's just one of these Mexicans that looks Chinese. You know, and there's a lot of those. And uh, I don't know. This guy looks more Hawaiian to me. But that's just what they call him. He sets up traps for these guys left and right. You know, a double cross here, something there. But these guys are, they're just fighters. You know, and they'll fight their way through anything. And that's what they do, Tom. They finally take down El Chino, even when he, when El Chino starts to work with the police to take these guys down, they find a way out of it until the very end. Tom, they're surrounded by cops. 
kind of like the rubber duck. So they decide, fuck it. They pull a pin on the grenade and blow themselves up. But for real, not like the rubber duck who's hiding, you know, in a church bus or anything. So sad end to the great friends gang. Uh, it's all right. You know, it's funny. It's goofy, goofy movie. Uh, but not as good as the second movie in this double feature that was put on by these trash max dudes. And the second feature is called Waco, Texas apocalypse. That means apocalypse, but I'm sure you figured that out. That's a cognate, you know, a cognate to those of you who don't know is a word that sounds the same in this language and that language. Anyway, this is about uh, a cult leader in Waco, Texas. And he is telling everybody he is the Messiah. And but shit, he's up to no good. You know, he's stockpiling weapons. He's pretty much a it's it's a it's a goddamn cult, Tom. It's what it is. You know, and he's sleeping with all the ladies, calling them his brides, you know. So if you show up there, join this cult, and you bring your wife there, hey, if he decides to fuck her, well, that's just part of God's plan because he's the Messiah, you know, and he's got to plant the seeds for the future of humanity. Well, the local constabulary don't really like this. You know, they've heard bad things about him. The FBI, they don't like this, you know, especially if he's running guns. The FBI don't like that. So they put this female FBI. I know, I know that sounds silly. But uh, she's very straight-laced and by the books. And then there's a uh, a sheriff's deputy. And this guy, hey, he's just a tough motherfucker. You know, we're introduced to him uh, with a scene early on in the movie where there's the KKK. And the KKK is raping, about to rape a lady. So he busts in and just, you know, starts shotgunning these people away just to show us. You know, it's establishing what a tough guy this is. Well, anyway... They go undercover, and they're seeing some of the, the tortures that the this cult leader named Dave is doing. Uh, and realize that, hey, this guy's kind of crazy, you know, because, you know, he's there dictating to this one guy, you know, dictating, like, the, I don't know, his predictions for the world. And the one guy that he's dictating, he just type in like this. You know, it's, I don't know, kind of weird. And then he'll just go in a frenzy, pull out his electric guitar and just start playing. And all the cult uh, members start dancing around. It's, uh, yeah, man, they're really into this guy. Yeah. And we see him eventually, you know, torture some people, murder some people. So, hey, we got enough evidence to bring him down. But, nah, he decides nobody's leaving. This is it. We're staying in this compound. So then it's a whole... Uh, standoff between this uh, this cult and the law enforcement and well what's going to become of it what's going to become of everybody well not a lot of good Tom not a lot of good this one this one was pretty great uh, I looked on YouTube to see if I can find it and it's on their real shitty versions, but it's not subtitled on any of the versions that I found. And I can't watch it without subtitles. I don't know fucking Spanish all that well, you know, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully these guys will upload it or something. I don't know. If, fuck, you know, the shit's all. I don't know what Mexico does with their copyrights or whatever, but 
this thing's got to be seen. It's it's a good, you know, it's just a goofy, fun flick. And I highly recommend Waco, Texas Apocalypsis. Yeah. So did you watch it from the hallway or did you say, oh, I'm not going to sell shirts anymore? Did you peek your head in every couple minutes? No, I sold shirts and did pretty good last night. And then said, fuck it, I'm going to go in there and watch the movies tonight. And I did. I watched both movies all the way through. In the intermission between the two, I went back out, sold more shirts. Was there anybody uh, watching your table? Yeah, my buddy Ben and the the people working the concession. And and when I came back, they brought me money. Hey, I sold, you know, three shirts. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. Uh, It wasn't, like, crazy crowded to where I felt I had to stay out there. But, uh... Yeah, man, it was it was a it was a pretty cool little event, and uh, these movies I definitely wouldn't have watched without these guys putting it, putting it out there and doing the subtitles. Cause you're a racist. I like just like I said, I don't know enough Spanish to watch this shit. You know, I watch a lot of fucking uh, Australian movies, but if they weren't subtitled, you know, I wouldn't be able to watch them because I don't know what they're saying. You know. Mm. We kind of need to bridge that gap between the language we know and what we don't. There's only fucking one language you got to be worried with, okay? And that's the language of love. Oh, okay. Yeah, the exact opposite of what you were thinking, Joe. The exact opposite. Unless your fucking buddy's going to sit on that fist. (laughs) It's the exact opposite. Yeah. But yeah, Tom, that's all I watched. Shit. Well, we got a contest we were running. Did you forget about that, Joe? Sure did. (sighs) Yeah. Mostly everybody else did, too. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. Except for one guy, Joe. Except for one guy. And uh, I forgot to upload the video. I didn't forget, but. I was just busy as shit, so let me get to these old vidges right now, and we'll have a look at the entry that automatically won because it was the only entry. As they say in one movie that I like a lot, to paraphrase, one man enter, one man win. That's right. Oh, where did I move this shit to? I don't know. I think they're all out of order. I could have swore I put them fucking somewhere. Probably in my ass. Ah, fucking hell. Let's give me a minute. Talk to the fine, fine people, Joe. Hey, folks. It's getting to be... Well, it is October... And if you need a mask, you should go to dwnsproductions.net. Take a look at what's on there. And instead of ordering, why don't you just ask Tom, hey, you have this available? That way you know. And I will say no. But luckily, Joe, I have it and we are ready. Thank you. Let's see if we can do this from my phone and for you to actually hear this shit. All right, we'll put the micer. Thing right there. Oh fuck. 
and contest rules. But uh, yeah, man, that's all. All right. Well, I participated and I liked it. But yeah, now you guys are the shit, man. I watched. Um, I'm watching this one. I watched the recent one, but I missed this one because I can't wait for the five top comedians. Um, I can't believe you like Rich Voss, but it's fine. I love you. All right. All right. That's my entry. Thank you. All right. So I guess that was the last video. There was like seven or eight that I got to play. So <laughs> let's hold on there, Joe. But, uh, yeah, man, that's all. All right. Well, I participated. Oh, what the fuck? Like... This thing, but, um, I'm trying to make a video, but my, I can't fucking send you the attachment. I should win because I live in this shithole that I pay 600 bucks a month for, and I would like a mystery box, and I think I have bed bugs, and yes, and yes, and I apologize. The dirty clothes are my fault. I price it, but anyways, there's, um, 600 bucks a month and then there's weed though i got money for weed anyways uh i don't know how to send you this all right let me go to the next one <laughs> bear with me here if you don't mind for this like when he died like nobody gives a shit about it's like you said you just buy shit and you know what i mean you what the fuck did I pay? Why did I do that? And it just sits here. I probably ever read the motherfucker. Anyways, so that's my um, that's my entry into the the thing. Um, this is for t-shirts though. Novelizations like a motherfucker. And yes, I do read them. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's it. All right, hold on. Let me get the next one. These are all out of order. But that's okay. Watch them back in reverse, you fuck. So, like some Guatemalan kid. Like, I have all this shit. Um, have all this. Like, do you know what I mean? It's all, this is all trash. Look, look, a fucking, um, what do I fucking need this for? It's a Playboy with Tanya fucking, oh, look. Look, it's both Derek. And then I have, uh. Oh, this, but this is this is near and dear to me. But anyways, so yeah, I, and then a bunch of just a bunch of bullshit. All right, let me get the next video there, Joe. I mean, I have hella shit, anyways. Um, let me. I can't turn this over. <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> I've never watched the MDM, Neon Demon, but here's my, uh, 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 u
the contest said, hey, who can do the best a version of Mission Impossible without any instruments? And yes, Tom, uh, uh, Charlie Vaughn. Congratulations, Charlie. I will uh, be uh, in touch with you this week to see where to send this old box on off to. And let old Joe know what your t-shirt size is. Mm-hmm. Thanks, bud. A little bit more business to take care of. So from time to time, as you know, I'll go on the old DWN Facebook page and paint some shit live. And I was thinking, oh, it'd probably be nice if people could like paint along with me and have a copy of this fucking mask. And, you know, we all paint together instead of them just watching me blow dry a mask for hours. So if you go to dwnproductions.net right now, there are five spots open for a private paint session, virtual paint session that will take place on October 26th at 8 p.m. And we will be painting these masks I will send you a blank one, the brushes and the paint. There's just a couple things you'll need to buy yourself that's listed on the website. And uh, we'll all get together and paint a mask. But there is only five spots because I don't know how this is going to go. So if I have to fucking refund everybody because the fucking everyone's computers blows up in their fucking face because they got 976 eviled, I'd rather it be five than 33. So we'll test it out. See how it goes. If nobody gives a fuck, nobody gives a fuck, and we don't do it. But uh, if people like it, then uh, and it works out, then we'll continue to do it. So if you want to get in on it, dwnproductions.net, like I said, only five spaces. Uh, Whatever's sold by the 12th, all of them are not. Shit's getting taken down then. And then whoever fucking signed up for it, your boxes will be shipped out a day or so later. Uh, you're going to pick two colors, and then I'm going to mix your paints and send you shades of those colors so you'll have like seven or eight bottles of paint. And then uh, we'll fucking paint one of these masks in time for Halloween. I figured the 26th would be a good day. Because it's the Thursday before Halloween weekend. So if you wanted that mask for Halloween weekend, it will be fucking ready. So if that's something you're into, get on it. If not, I don't blame you. So what mm. kind of uh, hair dryer would they need, Tom? Like a little hair kind of thing? Yeah, I always buy the cheapest blow dryer I can find. Okay. <laughs> But you will be getting paint on shit and your clothes, so be aware of that and dress like a hobo like I do. Yeah, if but, you want clothes to wear that the you don't mind if they're getting fucked up or not, go to fastcustomshirts.com, order a couple of shirts. They're cheap enough that it doesn't matter. Mm. But yeah, everybody will be sent fucking info with what's going on, and it'll be a stream yard, a private stream yard thing for everybody. 
unless that just fucks up and we have to go to fucking Facebook, then I guess, hey, everybody will be able to watch, but not everybody will be able to paint. So there is a backup, but I plan on it being like a private stream yard session that I may or may not record. So we'll see. And there's a comment thing in there. So everybody who's fucking joined, they can go into the comments and post their questions and shit. And then I'll go and look at them and see if anybody's having trouble or shit like that. Figure it should be about two hours or so. And I'll be there to answer whatever fucking questions you have. But it'll be a pretty fun, basic mask painting fucking session for Halloween. So. Again, if that's something you're into, let's fucking do it. And if it goes well, I'd be down to be making fucking special limited masks just for these fucking streams and different ones each time. So let's make it happen or don't. Tipsy canvas, you know, the thing the ladies do. You know, let's get together and, you know, drink some wine and paint a a canvas. And uh, that's what this is, but with masks. The mask is your tipsy canvas people late and beer not wine yeah Unless and i did and the website i did make sure that i want to keep it 21 plus because i will be drinking and saying stuff that you have known to love mm. Mm. say joe you like stepfathers you know what tom you <laughs> but Unfortunately, the stepfather too does not feature a stepfather. Now, this movie, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Terry O'Quinn in The Stepfather was stabbed repeatedly. Pretty big fucking knife, right? I mean, he got one good one in the lung for sure. Then took like a tumble down some stairs and mm-hmm. shit. I mean, uh, he was dead. That was fatal. Yeah, he was dead. But Stepfather 2, let's, you know, forget about that. You know, it wasn't that deep, I guess. You know, and, you know, the ambulance with those response times that they have there in the Pacific Northwest area, they're pretty quick. And they know their job. So, well, shit, they saved him. They saved him, Tom. (laughs) And now, Stepfather, he's in uh, an asylum. For the criminally insane. He's in Arkham Asylum. For the mentally retarded. Uh, for the mentally retarded psychologists. Yes. Because <laughs> the doctor is a dumb motherfucker. <sighs> Idiot. I mean, just like he comes off as just dumb as shit. You know, so I don't know if this is an act, you know, or if this guy's really dumb, but he plays this idiot part pretty well and uh well he fucks up and the old stepfather you know tells him it what would, he wants it would be like the mentality of a hippie toward be like oh man just let him go he's cool man we'll figure it out but uh yeah Step- him stepfather kills the guard gets the guards clothes and like hightails it out of the asylum because the stepfather he's been in the wood shop in this prison (laughs) making a fucking other birdhouse but uh the little man he put in the birdhouse he made a fucking shiv out of 
So he brings his fucking deadly weapon of a birdhouse to see the psychiatrist, spooks him with it when he knocks it off the table. Just like, oh, no, I was just making a stabby with the little man, motherfucker. Well, he's also (sighs) reality shows or no game shows and infomercials. So he decides, you know what? I'm going to move to this perfect community and fuck it. You know, I'll just be a bachelor for a while. And uh, and he sees this after he uh, what is it? The prison guard. He, okay, before that, this motherfucker, the stepfather's been collecting his pubic hair that's been falling out in his jail cell. So he puts that shit in his pocket, bludgeons the fuck out of the, uh, what's it called, the uh, prison guard after he murders the psychiatrist. Conveniently, the stepfather and the prison guard wear the same clothes or same size clothes. So he strips that motherfucker naked, including the underwear, puts it on, fucking wax off into his hand, stipples a little bit on his cleanly shaven lip, and then glues his pubic hair to it, and then walks out of the prison like, oh, nothing's happening. It's really easy to get out of a prison. You don't have to show clearance or anything to get from section to section. And then he fucking murders a guy at a train station and takes his car. And luckily for the stepfather, this guy had like $2,000 in his wallet. So uh, $2,000 is just enough money to get a great hotel room with room service and lease a fucking full-size house. Well, you know, I don't know what houses leased for or what deposits were in 83, 84, whenever this came out, but a lot less than it is now, you know, so who knows, maybe he used his last dollar to do that. But anyway, he's trusted because he's passing himself off as a doctor, you know, saying, hey, I practice family psychology only for women, though. Women should come to my house. And uh, talk about their problems. One thing you don't want women to do is gather together because women hate each other. And all they're going to do is start, you know, henpecking. And that's exactly what they do with these sessions he sets up, you know. Turns out we got a couple of familiar faces. (laughs) One of them is old Blue Eyes from They Live and, I don't know, some other movies, He-Man and shit. Uh, what the hell is that lady's name? Who cares? Meg Foster. Oh, Meg Ryan. Is, uh, yeah, in this. And then there's also all uh, stretch- Caroline Williams. Caroline Williams from Texas. And uh, <laughs> who sounds like she is an LA native. Yeah, she's uh, playing a male person, not a male man. She's a male person. Anyway, they're all at each other's throats in his sessions. But you know what? But nobody was at each other's throat more than that old lady's husband when she was talking about giving hummers. Giving a hummer, yeah. (laughs) Hey, Joe, you know, I think a hummer is a dated term. Not only a dated term, but I think it's a dated, dated sex act. I'm not sure that I've actually got an actual Hummer before? Is this something that you have 
partaking in Joe? Um, it was the thing in the eighties, you know. Women, it's kind of fallen out. I guess it's a lost art, you know. But uh, I guess it wasn't passed down from mothers to their daughters because yeah, it doesn't really happen a whole lot. No, you know, there's not a whole lot of humming. You know, <laughs> we'll explain to the fine, fine people out there what a Hummer is. But this elderly lady during this uh, psychology session, this group psychology session is explaining is like, you know, the thing is, my husband always wants me to to hum, you know, and like his favorite song or whatever song he wants. You know, I got to learn that song and I got to hum it. And, you know, the whole. uh stepfather he you know okay well what's wrong with that you know it's you know that sounds fine and she says well he wants me to hum it while i'm kissing him huh what's wrong with that well you know kissing you know him down there and the stepfather's kind of shocked you know this is like he doesn't you know the other women they're kind of laughing you know at the whole thing so yeah so a hummer so she's humming while sucking some dick Lori, before this fine, fine Hispanic Heritage Month ends, if you can give me a Hummer to the tune of Macarena, I would appreciate it. <laughs> or beady, beady, bomb, bomb. What? <laughs> In honor of also. But, uh, mm. yeah, so that and you know he decides hey meg foster's a single mom and she hidden you know and that's what the stepfather wants he wants family he wants that ideal you know nuclear family and uh turns out meg foster is not divorced she's still married you know he's uh seeing her for a while starting to get involved but the old husband comes back you know, and he decides, hey, I'm back, motherfuckers. I'm back. And after all this work that the stepfather has done, you know, teaching old Jonathan Brandis how to throw a baseball. Do you know about throwing a baseball straight arm, Tom, as opposed to... <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I took a, I took a season of baseball when i was a child so i have a slight familiarity with how to throw a baseball and not look like a fucking mo all right okay yeah so uh well anyway he kills the the rival the the husband guy and uh well you always got a little bit of cleanup to do you know the the son of Meg Foster. He's not the stepson because they're not married. The stepson is, well, I mean, maybe dad left again because of how shitty I was. And the stepson. I forget this kid's name, but he Jonathan, was in a lot of shit. What's his name? Jonathan Brandis. Okay, yeah. And uh, he was in a lot of shit. And mm -hmm. I always thought he died a suicide like very young. I always it, thought he got but maybe he was in a or a show where he played somebody with AIDS or Down syndrome. One of the two. I don't know, but very convincing, I guess. He got it from a Hummer. 
Mm-hmm. He had a cut in his mouth, you see. Oh. <laughs> I think it was a Queen song he was rocking out to at the time. <laughs> Hitting him with the Flash Gordon soundtrack. <laughs> um. Yeah, so the thing is, you know, what, what do you do when a kid's upset? Well, gosh darn it, you make the biggest sandwich you can make, you know? Remember uh, the old Blondie comic strip, Tom? Remember those sandwiches that Dagwood used to make? They were just like fucking piled high. That's what you do to to cheer up. So you go with that and not Scooby-Doo? Yeah, because I don't know. Did they make sandwiches? I thought they were just with the Scooby snacks or whatever. Anyway, things are getting serious. He proposes to old Meg Foster. Yeah, Meg Foster. And, uh, well, Caroline Williams getting a little suspicious of the stepfather. He's like, maybe this guy is not what he says he is because all he gets is junk mail. That's very suspicious. Right, Tom? Mm, Not in this day and age. All I get is junk mail and bills. So, you know, maybe in 80-something people were still getting letters, correspondence. I don't know. But it sets her little uh, spider sense a buzz. Uh, meanwhile, old Meg Foster, she wants to get it on. <laughs> well, you're saying she wants to do some of that fucking? Yeah. She's got some humming that she wants to do. She's learned a few songs from the 80s, you know. And uh, the thing is, old stepfather, old Terry O'Quinn, he's not comfortable with that, Tom. That's not, you know, it's improper. To have premarital sex. And he rejects her. (laughs) Well, this causes a bit of a problem, you know, and, uh, oh, what's her name still like investigating more and more. And she's becoming quite a pain in the ass. And she figures out, hey, you got a fake identity. You better go let her know. How did she come to the uh, conclusion that he wasn't how he who he said he was? First of all, she went into his house without knocking, just went in, looked through some notebook that he had, and what the fuck else was it? It wasn't the humming that comes later. (laughs) It was a letter that he received in the mail for his high school reunion. School reunion, yes. Yeah, how did she put that together? I don't know. That didn't make any sense to me. That seemed stupid as shit. Because he wasn't a black guy, Joe. (laughs) She was talking to him about being on the basketball team and the years not lining up. Mm. And then she shows him the uh, photo from the basketball team and it was all black dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when he got fingered. <laughs> uh, she gives him a chance. You know, yeah, go tell her you're not who you say you are. And break it off with her or I'm going to let her. You got till 5 o'clock to do this. And uh, fuck it, he kills her. You know, he goes in the house and strangles her. Just... No, first he goes and has sex with Meg Foster. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the way to solve this is, you know, Give this chick what she's been asking for. 
and uh, that'll like put her to sleep for a few hours. And she sees the scar on his chest, yeah. and she says, "Oh, is that why you haven't wanted to stick it in me? You scared from the scar?" Hey. And she starts kissing it, and then gets prosthetic makeup all over her nose. I want to tell her that he was killed in the last movie. <laughs> Would throw anybody off. Oh, you've been dead before. You know, she probably wouldn't want to get married then, but uh, she's cool with it. You know, is you know, hey, you just laid some pipe on me. That's cool. And he's, hey, you know what? I'm going to go get some wine. I'll be right back. And he goes to Caroline Williams' house to get some wine, but not before killing her. And he strangles her, right? Yes. Yeah. So the jizz rag. Strangles and her. then steals the last bottle of wine she got. And it was a case that her, her parents sent her that right. they were drinking earlier in the movie. Meg Foster. Yeah. So things are good now. He sets it up to where it looks like Caroline Williams had killed herself. And, you know, hey, what a shock. And it's like, well, yeah, she was all fucked up. You know, what can I say? Well, I mean, before that, he fucking skips skips fences, hops fences like a fucking eight-year-old whistling all the way. Races the whole time, yeah. And old uh, Jonathan Brandis, hey, what song is that? I would like to learn how to sing that song and starts to whistle it. And, you know, he can't, I can't whistle, so I'm not going to make fun of him for that. You know, I, I can't fucking whistle either, Jonathan Brandis. But anyway, this is going to, this is going to come back on old stepfather, you know. Just planting some clues for somebody to stumble on. And it's wedding day. He's introduced to... But you forgot to say, when he was hopping fences, he came into the yard of old blind Melon Chitlin. Just about to say, he's introduced to old blind Melon Chitlin, who is Meg Foster's dad. He's a blind guy. I don't think it's her dad. I think it's just a neighbor. Really? I thought it was her dad. (laughs) He said, yeah, I think I heard somebody whistle. Oh, she always has a lot of dudes running out. He's a fucking whore, but none of them ever fucking whistled through my backyard before. He seemed kind of disappointed when leaving before, but this guy was whistling. (laughs) Wedding day, you know, and they're, that's it. They're, they're about to get hitched. And, uh, what happens? Old Jonathan Brand is that fuck. He starts Meg Foster looks over and says, Oh, wait a minute. This wine that's here, that was Caroline Williams' wine. She puts two and two together, confronts him about it. He goes crazy like he did in the last and starts to, to beat her up. You know, goes and throws Jonathan Brandis in a closet. And uh Goes back to beat her up some more. But uh, Jonathan Brandis gets a hammer. Hammers his way out of that closet. <laughs> and then kills the stepfather. You know, throws the, the back claw part of the hammer right in his chest. And what a knife couldn't do, <laughs> this claw part of the hammer does. Kills the stepfather. <sighs> All right, it's not great, you know. Uh, I still like Terry O'Quinn. I think he's really trying, and his character is funny as shit. 
there is some funny stuff, but it's not, it's, I don't know, man. Uh, it's pretty weak. I don't like movies where, you know, they just show somebody swinging and then they'll show a blood splatter against the wall. So if you're looking for any kind of, uh, special effects or kills, which were, you know, this is the time of the slasher movie and all that. You don't get any of that. Uh, I would rather watch this than a lot of those slashers though. As, uh, it's got some laughs, whether they're unintentional or not, but, uh, but yeah, it's just not great. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Uh, the best part of this movie is at the beginning when they showed the best parts of the last movie (laughs) where they showed that lady getting hit with the fucking phone. And then the crime scene photo from the uh, when he was coming down the stairs in the first movie. And you've seen the old wife dead with all the blood around. I was just like, oh, look at them using that again. Because it was the best part in the last movie. And it all just kind of went downhill because it was nonsensical bullshit. Oh, how did he convince these ladies that he is running this psychology prayer, psychiatry practice out of his fucking house? How did he get their trust? Where did he get all this money from to do this? And it's just not nothing really, nothing really happens. It's just a bunch of who gives a good goddamn. And like I said, he's not a stepfather. In this movie, no, it's better. He's a, he's a mom's boyfriend. Yeah, the it's, <laughs> dynamic in the first movie is better when you have the kid, you know, trying to figure out what you know. Hey, something's not right here, and that would have played better had they just like, hey, six months later and he's married, and then you would have had Jonathan Brandis trying to figure out what the fuck, you know. Uh, it would have been the same movie, but it would have been better, I think. I don't know if better's the word, but uh, it would have been not so inept because at least he was actually a stepfather. Yeah. Uh, I still think Toby Hush should have played the stepfather. Probably would have made it a little better, but I mean, this guy isn't bad. I just don't give a fuck. Well, I don't think he's one, which I've never seen, so... He is not in the next one. I have seen the next one, and I have seen this one before. Yeah, I'd seen this one. But yeah, he is not in the next one, and the next one centers around a greenhouse. I liked this one a lot more the first time I saw it. Now, <laughs> eh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's going to suck if that fucking PG-13 remake's the best one. Oh, <sighs> fuck i still like the first one i still think the first one's all right good enough to keep my collection nope i've got a six dollar price tag on it so <laughs> i mean why would you watch it again unless you're just a oh i just love his acting so much i mean or, it's serviceable it's fine yeah or if you're into that girl who is a little girl at the, well i guess she wasn't a little girl to do a nude scene but she's playing a little girl uh that's weird but uh some people are all about her or were at one time i don't know i don't even know who the fuck she is remember her name either but uh i think she was in a halloween or one of you know whatever or a jason or a freddy or something 
or a pumpkin head. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, I watched Saw X. No. <laughs> kind of forever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you ready to swing into another amazing issue of Spider-Man, Joe? Let me just say, okay, um, I've been trying to catch up on Marvel Team-Up which has not been great, but, and I'm like a year behind of where we're at on, uh, on amazing. They brought in John Byrne and this is some of his earliest work for Marvel and his work's not very polished at that time. Polished. What a difference having a competent artist with some style makes to even a mediocre story, you know, and, that's all we've had is mediocre stuff. Over in uh, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, as it concludes, it doesn't conclude that story. Uh, you have Razorback. It's that funny that I covered Convoy last week, and this guy's like redneck, you know, and he's all talking on a CB in his truck. He's got a big old fucking warthog head on his thing. Uh, they're still trying to figure out shit with Shashan and the other fucking guy, and the hate mongers in there, but it's not the hate monger. It's some fucking wolf type guy. I don't even know, but that ends on a cliffhanger again, that I don't give a fuck. And, but amazing Spider-Man, which we do talk about. Remember last time the green goblin threw flash Thompson out the window, like a bitch. And <laughs> hopefully he's going to die. Like Stacy does, but does he Tom? Let us know. No, he's Spider-Man's had practice. Mm-hmm. He knows how to not kill a motherfucker now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, Green Goblin's back. Spider-Man chases him. Some fucking uh, wops are doing <laughs> nefarious shit at the World Trade Center. Rest in empowerment, everybody. And uh, Green Goblin takes control of their little bullshit crime syndicate and says, oh, I'm going to reveal Spider-Man's secret identity. Tune in next week. Oh, and Aunt May has another fucking heart attack. But at least she's already in the hospital this time when she has it. That's it. That's that fucking issue. Another issue. At least they're getting quicker to review. (laughs) One of these days. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Hey, Joe, I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. Are Samoans Hispanic? No, but you said we were doing this as your top Mexican characters. Fictional Hispanics. You said fictional Mexicans. Yeah, but I I changed it. I when? said fictional. Right after, I said, oh, wait, no, no, I mean Hispanics. Ah, okay. I still have... Oh, you did. All right. Well, fuck. Anyway. Fucking drunkard. And at number five, I have that masked Mexican. Not somebody that's going to rob you at gunpoint, but I've got Zorro. Not the gay mm. 
Regular. It's okay. That's what I was going to ask. <sighs> My number five is only half a Hispanic, Joe. And that is Miles Morales, mm. the half a black Spider-Man mm-hmm. from the Spider-Verse movies and some comic books. Yeah, I think he's half Hispanic, half Haitian, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, All American, though. Only seen that one cartoon. I've never read him in any comics. Um, is that like an alternate universe in the comics, too? <sighs> you remember when they started the Ultimate line? Okay, so he was part of Ultimates then. Yeah, and then he kind of got brought into Earth 616. Hmm. Lame. Uh, at number four, I have Blue Demon. Because I always feel the sidekicks are, tend to be more interesting than the main guy. Because they're the ones that do all the heavy lifting, you know, the work, and then the the fucking Santo goes in there and takes all the credit for all the shit. You know, he'll have the main fight after Blue Demon has already done all that shit already for him. Hmm. He brought me out a flaming alcoholic beverage <laughs> during the uh, bachelor party, you know. <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh shit, Blue Demon is here. I kept saying, fuck you, El Santo. And I... <laughs> alcohol in this <laughs> <laughs> fucking prick <laughs> Joe my number four is a goddamn American icon and that's the bumblebee man from the Simpsons mm-hmm. I <laughs> but Bart says that but he got it from the show you see yeah <sighs> bumblebee Fuck. man and to say, no, es bueno. Mm-mm. At number three, I have Slowpoke Rodriguez, who is a cousin to Speedy Gonzalez. And I like old Slowpoke because he carries a fucking gun. <laughs> and he actually he's drawn like a Mexican. So that was nice. Yeah. Number three, Joe, I have Cheech, the best Mexican-American. You know, he goes to night school, takes Spanish, Mm -hmm. and gets a B. At number two, I have Satanico Pandemonium. (laughs) Fuck. Played by the very lovely Salma Hayek. Interesting character. (laughs) Backstory. Maybe made a movie just about her. But that was not to be. Mm. Did another Spy Kids movie instead, I guess. (laughs) Well, that worked out for everybody. I suppose. My number two, Joe is a gentleman who doesn't text until he does. And that is Machete. Make sure to check out our old Machete reviews. Mm -hmm. 
on YouTube. Yes. Type in boygob.com on that search, and then you can Don't, go. Or you could just type in boygob machete or go to the boygob page and go to playlists. Go to the grindhouse playlist, and it'll be right there. Playlists, that's right. Or just click on any of them. Fuck it. Uh, at number one, I have, even though, Tom, I am not a fan of the police, uh, this guy was a cop before he became Machete. He doesn't text, I guess. I don't <laughs> Oh, for a second, I thought you were going to say old punch. He almost made the list. I thought about it because that, but uh, remember, I mistakenly thought we were doing Mexicans. <laughs> That's right. Relly is a Mexican American or really a fucking American. You know, there's, you know, you're not fucking both. You're one or the other. You know, yeah. if you're here, you're fucking American. That's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> yeah. So Machete, though, he was a Mexican cop. Mexican. And being born in America myself, like I said, I like to consider myself a Native American. Mm-hmm. So my number one is a Peruvian. Did you know that people from Peru are Hispanic, Joe? I did not. They are. Mm. And did you know you don't have to be a person to be Hispanic? You could be a bear with a red hat and a blue duffel coat with a British accent and be Hispanic? That's right, Joe, from Darkest Peru, Paddington. Paddington is Peruvian? He sure is. He's from Darkest Peru fuck out of here he's not peruvian he is ain't no way up for his aunt sends him away to uh england because she's going to the home for retired bears well i guess if your aunt sends you away yeah you're hispanic yeah and those are our top fictional or like joe fake ass hispanics can't even watch a goddamn movie without subtitles. Jesus Christ. What are we doing next week, SA? I would say in honor of uh, our contest winner, we're going to do our top five Charlie movies. So that would be a movie with either Charlie in the title, a character named Charlie, or uh, an actor named Charlie in it. DWNproductions.net. Masks, bus, props, custom work. You got a little bit of time. Not much at all. But if you want to get an order in for Halloween, you got time. If you want to get in on the fucking paint stream, head on over to DWNproductions.net. Only five spots available. So... That's right. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. Can you dig it, sucker? DWMProductions.net. Again, it is up to purchase right now. Thank you.
After that, go to fastcustomshirts.com. Take a look through some of the pages. Flip around if you're bored. Maybe there's something that you'll like. Maybe there's not. But chances are there is. You know, you just got to look around. There's something in there for everybody. I may finally start adding new shit to the site. Uh, maybe. I don't know. We'll see how I feel this week. Whatever. It's fucking October. First day. You still got the rest of the month to get spooktacular as fuck. So go out there. Enjoy the goddamn season. And uh, enjoy the week. And hopefully we will have the privilege of talking to you fine, fine people again this time next week. But until then, boy, God.